Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Standard Protocol. I'm your host, Matt Sutter. Thank you for tuning in. This is episode number 12 now, and we have a big announcement today. Uh, we weren't, uh, we didn't mention this on the last episode because we didn't know it was coming this quickly, but we are live on Apple podcasts now. So if you're iTunes, you know, iPad, iPhone type person like I am, Go to Apple uh, Podcasts and look us up, Standard Protocol with Matt Sutter, and you will find not only this episode, but the previous 11 as well. So uh, spread the word. Tell your friends. We appreciate the followers on SoundCloud and YouTube. We've got some loyal fan bases in those areas, but we're trying to broaden that footprint, and the Apple Podcasts is going to be huge, I think. So we're already picking up a few more visitors than we had uh, in previous weeks. So, uh, we've only been live a few days over there. So things are going well, we're reaching a broader audience and hopefully that means that we're helping more of you solve some of your problems out there in these trying times. So the email inbox, standard protocol podcasts at gmail.com standard protocol podcasts at gmail.com. And with that, I wanted to roll into topic number one for the week. Okay, so topic number one for the week is this, aspirations. And this conversation came up between uh, me and someone over the week here. Uh, and aspirations, what do you aspire to be? And what if you ask millennials and Gen Zs that question, what is it that you do, what is it that you aspire to be either in your life or in your workplace, in your career? And a vast majority of the time you get that deer in the headlights look. Uh, occasionally you'll get somebody that has the canned answer that's thought about this a little bit and they say, well, I just want to be a good person. I want to be a good contributor to my team at work. I want to be a good contributor at home and I want to be successful in raising kids and a family and providing for them and yada, yada, yada. So that, you know, the, there's no, no harm in that answer at all. That's no, that's no shot at anybody that, that gives you that answer. That's, that's a real aspiration, but obviously it's a little bit broad and there's a million ways we can do that. Um, do we need to be narrowly focused with aspirations? No, I don't think so. I don't think there's a right or a wrong, but I will tell you what my aspirations are. My aspirations uh, if you were to ask me that question, my my aspirations in the workplace and in life in general, I aspire to be someone that people look to in a time of need. I, I aspire to be someone that's a problem solver, that no matter the, the person, their level of experience, whether they're the brand new guy day one on the, on the job or they're the 40-year veteran, if they have a problem, I aspire to be the person that they come to and say, hey, I've got, got a question uh, and I've got this issue and how are we going to solve this? And can I, can, I get your, can I bend your ear for a minute and get your advice? I aspire to be that person that they come to. I also aspire to be the type of person that doesn't say a lot because I don't have to say a lot. And for those of you that, that know me personally, um, you know, I, I'm not a big talker, which is crazy because I have a podcast now where I talk each week and I, and I, I sit here and, and discuss these issues with a, a very broad base, but in real life, that's not really me. I'm generally a pretty quiet, laid back individual. I like to sit back and observe things. And then when I see an issue that warrants a discussion, I step in and I say, Hey, uh, here's something I've observed. 
uh, potential problem. Maybe it, maybe it's not yet, but maybe it will be later down the road. Let's talk about this and let's find a solution. And that generally is how I operate in, in all areas of life, both, both professionally and, and at home. Um, I'm generally not the type that's constantly chirping about things. I'm generally not the type that is, uh, just coming up with problems to, to talk about, to, to troubleshoot. I'm, I'm the type that when I see a problem, I want to address it. And if I'm not seeing problems, I'm either giving praise or I'm just letting things work and, and run themselves. And so I think that person that's not always talking because they don't have to be, that's something that I've always aspired to be. Because when you do say things and you do talk, that's when people listen because they don't hear from you all the time. And so they know if you're going to step in and speak up about something, it's pretty darn important and everyone better pay attention. So that's what I aspire to be. I aspire to be someone that people come to when they've got a problem that they need solved. And I aspire to be someone who doesn't have to say a lot either because people respect me enough to know that, uh, you know, when I, when I say something, I mean it. Um, now the other thing that I will say with that is, uh, in a leadership role, you have to surround yourself with people that will occasionally tell thing, tell you things that you may not necessarily want to hear They're, They will bring problems to you because here's, here's, here's a clue, or a, I guess I'll let you in on a little secret here. If none of the people around you are telling you about problems, that doesn't mean that you don't have problems. That means you're just not hearing about them and they don't have that comfort level to come to you and say, hey, we've got some things we want to talk about. Now, you obviously everything goes in peaks and valleys. You may have a very smooth running unit or division or workforce now, but at some point there's going to be some bumps in the road and you've got to surround yourself with people that will not only recognize those bumps in the road, but they will come to you and talk to you about those bumps in the road and how we're going to iron them out and how we're going to fix them. And if people aren't comfortable enough with you to come to you and have those conversations, then you've got bigger problems and you need to work on building those relationships, I think. So I always want to have people around me that will tell me when I'm off base or when I'm wrong about something, uh, but they also know that I'm not going to be constantly bringing up things that don't need to be addressed just to just to get their attention because that's not not how I operate and I don't think that's a I don't think that's a healthy way to to run things I don't think we need a crisis every day I I don't think we need the drama of just creating problems where problems don't lie I think we need leaders that when they say something it's for a reason it's for a purpose and it's because there is something that needs to be addressed. And they also need to carry themselves in a manner in which people come to them with concerns or questions or uh, issues that need to be solved. So those are the types of things that I aspire for in the workplace. Um, that's what I aspire uh, in myself. That's what, you know, that's what I aspire people around me to be. Uh, but also the, the other thing that I'll have to touch on with aspirations, otherwise I'm not really giving you the full picture. We all, we oftentimes have to be careful with how we communicate our aspirations because different people don't always hear things the same way. And so I remember a story one time of a, a gentleman, older, older, uh, individual in a, the field that I was in. Uh, he told me when he was very young, he had aspirations of rising to the top. And when he brought that up, when he talked about those aspirations, 
some of the people that were at the top took that as a challenge. They took that as as threatening to their positions as opposed to we've just got a young upcomer that really wants to do well. How do we take them and mentor them and, and, and get them in a position where they can lead and be successful? Uh, that's not the approach they took. They took the approach to try to suppress this individual and, and, you know, they, they, for whatever reason, felt threatened by his aspirations. So, um, we always have to be careful with how we communicate these things, because again, different, different people don't always hear things the same way. Uh, aspirations are great to have, but if they're not well communicated or they're not understood, they can have some adverse effects. So aspire to be great out there. If you if you aspire to climb the corporate ladder in record time, that's fine. But just make sure people know you're doing it for the right reasons. You're not doing it to come after other people or to to shake up the the apple cart. You're simply coming in with aspirations of doing big things and and aspiring to be big and good at what you do, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Good leaders shouldn't feel threatened by that, but sometimes it does happen, and sometimes, like I say, people hear things they want to hear as opposed to what was actually said and what the intent was behind it, so keep that in mind. Uh, With that, I'll take your questions, comments on that, standardprotocolpodcast at gmail.com. Give me some examples of that, of a time where uh, you asked somebody about their aspirations and you were surprised to hear the answer, or maybe you voiced your aspirations and, you know, it, it, it was either taken differently than what you intended or, or you, you know, you, you had a learning experience just by letting people know what direction you wanted to go with your career, or with your life. So I'm open to, uh, furthering that discussion in a future podcast. So send us emails, standard protocol podcast at gmail.com. Uh, let's move on to another topic that I had here. Okay. And our next topic is time and time management. And when I say time management, I'm not talking about time management in the sense that you may think where we talk about budgeting our time so that in the morning we make sure we have enough time to get A, B, and C done so that by the end of the end of the day, X, Y, and Z don't creep up on us. And, and, you know, we, we miss a deadline or what, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about with time management is time is the one thing in our lives that we have zero control over whatsoever. The clock keeps ticking no matter what we do and we can't control it. We can't speed it up. We can't slow it down. It is what it is. And we have to accept that we have no control over it and we have to manage whatever time we're given here on this earth as best we can to be, you know, to, to exude the most potential that we possibly can while we're here. And that's, you know, you can break things down hour by hour, day by day, week by week, however you want to do it, but always slow down and and don't get in a hurry with things, especially when we're making bigger decisions in our life. Always take some of that time to think things through and not make any hasty or rash decisions. And Generally speaking, when things don't go well, when there's a problem, I mean, you've heard me say before, most of what we do out there in our lives and in in our careers goes right. Uh, If it doesn't, we don't, you know, we don't last long in our positions or our situations. 
Um, but most of what we do goes right because we take time to think about it. It's when we get in a hurry and when we don't slow down, when we don't take time to think things through, when we don't take time to collect all the information needed to make a good decision, that's when things tend to fall apart. And that's when bad decisions get made. That's when everything from you know, personal embarrassment to personal injury to personal liability, all of that stuff comes into play. And some of those things can be life altering changes, all because we didn't take time to think a certain situation through. So whether you're thinking through your next relationship with your partner in life, whether you're thinking through your next um, career move, whether you're thinking through your next uh, big investment, whether it's a house, a car, whatever, always slow down, slow down and take time to think things through weigh all the pros and cons, take time to do your research, get information, never make a decision without having enough information to make a sound decision. And sometimes in life we have to, we have to move quickly on things, but always do your best. The vast majority of the time, we have time to think things through and we have time to slow down and make sure we're making good decisions in life. You know, that that house that you that, you know, there's five pending offers on and you you're in love with it. You really want to buy that house. It's a big investment. It's going to, you know, wipe out your savings. Take time to think that through because even even if you don't get it, what's what's the worst? The worst that can happen. You don't get the house, you have to move on to another one. There's other beautiful homes out there that you can that you can obtain um, versus going into one blind and not knowing that you know there's all kinds of problems with it and it's gonna be much more headache than it's worth. So just always take time to back things down a step think things through. If you're, you know, especially if you're in a career field where it's high stress, if you're a first responder, you're a military person, you're a medical professional, take time to think things through because that's when we mess things up, it's because we made a decision too quickly without all the information. Or again, going back to the recognition prime decision-making that I talk about all the time, we didn't have enough experience to make said decision and we didn't have enough uh, RPDM built up in our hard drive to, you know, to plot a successful result. And so we failed. But if we slow down, a lot of times we can alleviate that. So that is something you have control over. Although we don't have control over time itself, like I said earlier, it's the one thing we can't control. We can control how we use it. And if we take time to think things through, we slow things down and we make the best decision possible, you're going to have a much higher success rate, I guarantee you. So Time management is not always about managing your day. It's about managing your decision-making process and taking time to think things through before you make a big decision or before you jump into something that, uh, you know, has a lot of risk involved to it. So, uh, things to consider. Uh, let me know your thoughts on that standard protocol podcast at gmail.com. And the next topic that I had here, this one comes to us by way of the email inbox, uh, succession planning. We had somebody write in and ask, um, you know, what, what are our thoughts on succession planning? What's the best way to go about it? 
Um, do we wait until we know there's going to be upward mobility before we start preparing people for promotions and things? Or do we, uh, you know, do we start as early on as we can? And, and my, my philosophy has always been the latter. Uh, day one, start preparing people to lead because at some point, and, and that, you know, that question of, do we wait until we know there's going to be movement? We don't always know when there's going to be movement. All of a sudden, somebody just up and, you know, leaves or promotes or transfers, and all of a sudden we've got a vacancy and we've got nobody ready to slide into it or nobody that knows what that person did. We've all got those people in our organizations where nobody really knows what they do. They're there every day and they're a, they're an integral part of the operation, but nobody knows what they actually do you know, day to day, task to task. And so we've always got to have people cross trained and ready to go just in case there's movement or upward mobility or attrition. You know, you have a lot of people that are retiring now at younger ages than they have before. You also have people that are, uh, you know, bouncing and, and job shopping and seeing that the grass is greener somewhere else and they're out. And so now you have an, a vacant position or an opening uh, that you hadn't anticipated. So my my opinion on succession planning is that if, if I'm in a leadership role, I want three or four people beneath me that know exactly what I do and how to do my job. Because if I step out in the street tomorrow and get hit by a bus, somebody's got to step up and keep things moving because I'm not coming back. And there's, uh, you know, there, all, all of our jobs are important, right? We all do important things. We're all a cog in the wheel somehow. And so, um, you know, you've got to have somebody that knows what everybody does and, and cross train people and how to do those jobs and fill those voids. So succession planning, yeah, to answer that question, that starts day one. Um, once somebody gets their initial assignment figured out, start training them into what everybody else does in the company. Start getting them exposed to as many things as you possibly can, because that's the only way that you're going to have a well-rounded workforce that can step up and take on any challenge uh, should something, you know, devastating happen to the company. You know, look at, uh, <clears throat> you know, I'll give you, give you a 9-11 example. You look at Cantor Fitzgerald was a company that had pretty much their whole operation based out of the two World Trade Center towers. And obviously there was some redundancy there because they thought, well, if nothing's going to happen to both towers. If something happens to one, we've still got half our people in the other. Well, the reality of it is both towers go down, the company's gone. It no longer exists. So there were very few surviving members of that and all their you know, their computer information, their everything they had was gone. So there's always got to be some succession planning for, okay, what happens if there's a catastrophic incident or a mass exodus or something that uh, is crippling to most organizations? Do we have a handful of people in place that are kind of the jacks of all trade that can step in and do things and teach others how to how to how to lead and 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 how you know how that succession planning is gonna gonna play out? So that's one thing that I'm big in is succession planning. Make sure you've always got people beneath you that know what you do. Make sure you know what the people above you do. If you, if your boss hasn't taken time to explain their role in things. Um, sit down with them and ask them, you know, Hey, what, what happens if someday you're not here and, and, uh, we got to step up and do things. What, what do we do? And, uh, you know, I, I just think that that's, uh, 
that's one thing that often gets overlooked because it is a bit time consuming to get everyone up to speed on the, the tasks and duties of the people around them. And it's just one of those things that slips through the cracks. And then when it happens, when that, that magic vacancy pops up where, you know, Bob left and Bob was the guy that did, you know, a hundred different things, but nobody knows what they were. Now, all of a sudden there's a hundred different things that aren't getting done every day. And so, uh, always make sure we've got somebody able to fill those voids and those gaps so that when the operation, you know, any team, any organization, any operation is bigger than just one person. It should be at least. So if the, if one person disappears, let's make sure we've got people in place to fill those gaps and to keep the operation moving. So uh, with that, um, any advice or stories you have on succession planning, we'll take those email inbox as well. Standard protocol podcast at gmail.com. And our final uh, topic for the day, we're going to get into some emails that we've received over the past week here. Okay. Uh, one of the emails, actually two of the emails that we got over the week here are about the job market. And it does seem like in the area that I'm in here in the Midwest, it does seem like the job market is slowing down a little bit. I'm not seeing as many uh, new postings come out every day like I was for a while there. Um, but one of the things that, uh, that a lot of people have mentioned here uh, just by way of email is what is the, they want to know what the secret is to getting hired or getting called for an interview because a lot of people are submitting a lot of applications out there and they're just not hearing back from employers or you know the employer sits on it for a week or two or uh, you know then sends a letter well you know we went with more qualified candidates well what does that mean what what about the job was that you know how do you measure yourself and how do you know what to apply for and what not to apply for because you don't know, um, you don't, you know, you don't always know the exact qualifications they're looking for. Um, and so, you know, and you, you obviously don't, you don't know the people you're up against. So how do you know whether or not you're qualified for that particular job or not? You may have the degree, you may have the, the training or X number of years in the field, but if somebody comes in, what, what makes them more qualified than you? And I honestly don't have the answer to that. Uh, but I did have, I did have one individual that emailed me and said, you know, I, I spent an hour filling out this job application and within 30 minutes, I had a response back that said they were going with more qualified applicants. Well, I met all the qualifications and it took me more time to, to fill out the application than it did for them to review it and send me a denial. What am I doing wrong here? And, you know, there's, it, it, it's hard to say without seeing the job posting and without seeing your resume and without seeing how you have everything formatted. But always make sure you have a good cover letter that explains your qualifications for that job because uh, the thing that I'm finding is that a lot of companies don't take time to really read into those resumes. They may read the first page or scan the first two pages, but they're not, they're not, if your resume is four or five pages long, which again, like I've said before, if you've done anything for any number of years, that's not hard to wrap up a three, four, five page resume. But if you, if you aren't, you know, if you aren't getting as much attention on your resume as you'd like, 
maybe reformat it so that the meat and potatoes is on the front page. Make sure you've got a good cover letter that ex that explains where your qualifications are located within that resume, and just hope for the best. And always, always make sure you're, uh, you know, if if you do go in for an interview, uh, send the recruiter an email afterwards saying, you know, thank you for the opportunity to come in and talk today. I think those little gestures go a long ways uh, with with companies when they're looking at the type of people they want to hire. So, um, you know, I think uh, there there's. The job market right now is is just crazy because there's so many postings out there and the you know the reality of it is it's every company is looking for something different. Some companies are really looking for those college degrees, other companies are really honing in on experience that you have that's relevant to the position. But there's just so many different variances that it's hard for me to um, really pin down, you know, what you need to do better or, or how it needs to work. So this is one that I will turn to the folks out there, the listeners. What are those? What are what is the key to success in the job market nowadays and getting those callbacks and getting those interviews? Because we can all fire applications out there all day long. But at the end of the day, if they're not getting looked at because, you know, the first page of the resume isn't formatted correctly or the cover letter doesn't explain things in depth. Um, you know, those are, those are things that that's, that those are words of wisdom that we need to pass on to the folks out there in the job market that are hunting for work right now. So standard protocol podcast at gmail.com. Let us know, uh, give us some thoughts. If you know somebody or you, um, you know, you work in the HR field, uh, please take time to send us an email. Let us know. We can put that out there. Uh, on the next episode and, and hopefully get some people some better luck in the hiring market nowadays. So with that, I wanted to close out episode number 12. Again, the big news for this week, we're up and running on Apple Podcasts. Please let everyone know. Let everyone know where they can find us. SoundCloud, YouTube, Apple Podcasts. The platforms are growing. We're reaching more people. We want your participation. Send us those emails, standardprotocolpodcast at gmail.com. And with that, we will close out episode number 12. Please be safe out there. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And we'll see you on the next one. Thanks. Thanks.